Tis the season. Come on now, each and every one of us. I know all day today you've been hearing us say Merry Christmas. You've been hearing us look at, you know, look at someone around you and say Merry Christmas. So here's, here's what I want you to do. I just want you to look at your neighbor right now and say you look good today. No giggling when you say it. Just supposed to say you look good today. You look good. Baby, look good. I like your scarf there. You got your little deer scarf on today. Looks good right there. Uh, looking good. You know, one of the things I love so much about uh, the Christmas season is it gives us reasons to wear uh, Christmas sweaters and different things. You saw Pastor Casey. He had his uh, Santa Claus uh, sweater on today, looking all festive and everything in there. Um, when you're skinny, you can wear things like that. When, when I wear shirts like that, I look like Santa Claus. And... Uh, so, like, people get confused, and it's just not good and everything. But tis the season. Tis the season uh, to uh, be celebrating Christmas. Everywhere you go, you'll go into stores. You'll see everything is set. Everything's arranged. All things point to Christmas right now, from the music that's played to the decorations to the sales that are happening. Christmas is happening everywhere around us. It's tis the season. There is an old familiar poem that was uh, many of you probably remember as a child listening to, and it was, "'Twas the Night Before Christmas." And that whole uh, poem is all about this idea of Santa coming and all the excitement that comes with that. But, but how many of you know that sometimes Christmas brings with it things that aren't that exciting? There's chaos. There's craziness of everything that's going on around us. In fact, sometimes there's even fighting. I came across a version of Twiz the Night Before Christmas, and it goes like this. Twas the fight before Christmas. And all through the house, not a creature was peaceful, not even my spouse. The bills were strung out and the tables with dread in hopes that our checkbook would not be in the red. The children were fussing and throwing a fit when Billy came screaming and cried, I've been bit. And mama with her skillet and I with remote, she said, you change one more channel and I'll grab you by your throat. <laughs> when on the TV there arose such a clatter, I sat up on the couch to see what was the matter. When what to my wandering eyes should appear, the cable was out, it was my worst fear. The Cowboys, the Celtics, the Raiders, the Knicks, without the sports channel, I'd soon need my fix. And then in the midst of my grievous sorrow, I remembered the times I promised tomorrow. Not now, my children, but at some soon time, Dad will play with you and all things will be fine. Now under conviction, I looked at my wife. Where was my kindness? Why all the strife? My heart quickly softened, I now saw my task. Some love and attention was all that they asked. I gathered my family and called them by name and told them with God's help, I'd not be the same. We'll keep Christ in Christmas and honor his plan. No more fights before Christmas, on that we will stand. My children's eyes twinkled, they squealed with delight. My wife gladly nodded, she knew I was right. It was the fight before Christmas, but God's love had come through. And just like he does, he made all things brand new. When you think about the Christmas season, you can relate to probably some of the things that are being stated throughout this poem. That sometimes it's not all quiet. Sometimes it seems like there's strife. Sometimes it seems like things are pressing against us. And, and in the midst of it, we feel the seasons beginning to change. Christmas brings with it a season of change. Normally, the change happens in the weather. Right now, we're enjoying some beautiful weather out there. Yesterday, I was putting Christmas lights on the house. and thankful that my fingers were not frozen as I was up there. I was sitting there processing through that, and, and you think about it, man, it doesn't even feel like December out there right now, and I welcome that. But in the midst of those moments, we recognize that there is change that's happening. The trees no longer have leaves on them. Change. 
The grass is no longer growing. Change. There's change that's constantly happening around us. Ecclesiastes 3 uh, verse 1 actually talks about that there are there's seasons. For everything there is a season. In fact, I would say for each and everything in each and every one of our lives, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. And one of the things I recognize is that as a church body, we've been in a season of change. There's a season that's happening right now and that's upon us even at this very moment. This is the last Sunday that Pastor Braley and Aubrey will be with us this Sunday. That's a season of change. It's there's a change that's happening. Last week we celebrated their change and what God was doing as he's been speaking to their hearts about returning back home. But, but not just going home, really going to where God's called them, to a ministry position and there at the church. And, and I recognize that in this season in our church right now, I believe that one of the constant things that will begin to happen is, is we are going to be ascending center. And what I mean by that is, is that some people's seasons are to be here at Bethany. But then God will call people at different times to different places, and they'll trust God in that season of change, and God will go and use them in another church body, in another community. Because why? Because God isn't just taking care of just Bethany here in Adrian. He's taking care of the church capital C across the world. And for us, tis the season to celebrate change. Can I encourage you, celebrate change. Celebrate what God is doing. Celebrate the season for Braley and Aubrey. Last night they were at our home and we were sitting there and we were eating and eating tacos. Mmm, gotta love some tacos. And we're sitting there and hanging out and just having a good time and it just hit me. That this season of our life, something that's very normal for them to be in our home and for Briggs and Camry to be running around the house and Briggs to be a crazy man. I mean, like, those seasons are changing. Even just sitting there talking through, just realizing that there's a season of change that's happening in their lives. There's a season of change that's happening in ours. And here's what I know is that in the middle of a season of change, that as God is drawing them I believe God is drawing someone here. In fact, there are people across our church that God has been drawing here. And I, I talk with them after Sunday mornings. They're like, we just feel like God's been drawing us here in this season for such a time as this. And I'm not looking for transfer growth from other churches. I'm not interested in just getting, you know, as many church people as together. No, I, but we need laborers. We need people that God's calling in to go and help and to actually um, reach out to people with the message that Jesus is crazy, madly in love with you and that you can take a step in your relationship with Christ. Last week, we had nine people who were baptized. Come on now. And if you don't know, baptism is a, is a public expression to everyone around you of what God is inwardly doing in your life. And it's, it's, a, it's a season where you're saying, listen, I am going public for Jesus with everyone around me. And when I think about the seasons of change that we find ourselves in, it doesn't surprise me. Someone came up to me after the first gathering and said, Pastor Brian, I feel like me and my my spouse right now, they've been training for ministry and all these things. They, they said, I, I feel like God has been stirring our heart right now. And we have an opportunity to go and actually pastor at a church and be a part of that. And we're so sorry. I'm like, no, I'm so excited for you. Like, I, like that is what this is about. It's not about keeping everybody here so that we're all, you know, it's us four and no more. No, it's about, no, let's be a part and then let's go and do the work. Let's go be the hands and feet of Jesus around our community. So let's celebrate when God is changing in the seasons. But here's what I know is some of us struggle with the seasons of change. And yet they come. And yet they go. And we've been talking about tis the season to welcome, tis the season to give. And in the midst of giving, in the midst of, of, of welcoming, one of the things that we have to also do is we have to celebrate. So can I just say to you, tis the season to celebrate. To celebrate what God's doing. To celebrate what he's doing in our church, what he's doing in our community, and what he's doing around the world. 
When Pastor Bailey says, I'm going to one of the fastest growing churches in America, I say, yes, come on. And you know what? It is a great honor that one of the fastest growing churches in America would scoop up one of my staff members. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Come on now. Because we got great people here in our church who other people around the nation are going, come on, like I, 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 come on now, let's, this is awesome. And can I just tell you, Bethany, listen, don't hang on too tightly. Because what God is calling us to do is bigger than you and me in our comfort. Pastor Braley is scared to death. Honestly. It's like, it's like sadness and joy all at the same time. It's like a, a, a moment of celebration. He's so excited, and yet he's scared to death. And you know why I think a lot of times we get scared is because there's seasons of unknown. And I think even as a church body, what happens is, is we have kids, some of us have kids or grandkids that are in, in, the, in the children's ministry, and, and we see this incredible couple going where God's calling them, and we think in our mind, God, like, what does that mean for us? And we go into a season of unknown, but can I just challenge you with this, that as God is calling them, God is calling others. And I mean, I've had some incredible, even just phone conversations with people this week and and possible staff members that God would be bringing here. I mean, it, it is only God that could be lining the things up the way they've been lining up. And I can I just tell you, God's got this, Bethany. God's got you. He's got all of us in the middle of this. And so it's a time to celebrate. So tis the season to celebrate. So look at your neighbor, and what I want you to say to him is be like, come on, let's celebrate. When I think about that, that song just breaks out inside of me. Celebrate good times. Come on. Sorry, the dancing should not have been there, but... um. Come on, we need to be celebrating. We need to be celebrating what God is doing. So now, come on, now look at your neighbor and with a smile on your face, say, come on, let's celebrate. Because there are things that you and I should be doing. Listen, can I just tell you, Christmas is a celebration. Christmas is a time to celebrate what God's been doing and what God did for you and for me. It's a time of celebration. Now, By definition, the word celebrate would be this. It would be to honor, to make known publicly or proclaim, to praise widely, to observe or mark with a festival or a party. And so we celebrate what God's been doing in Braley and Aubrey's life. And so last Sunday night, we had a big party for them, and we did it up for them. And we had, you know, the biggest... I've never seen a cereal bar as big as our cereal bar. We took Rubbermaid containers and filled them with cereal, and then you got to scoop out of it. It was awesome. We had Braley, um, Briggs, anyways, we, we had all these different types of cereals, and I can't even think of the names of them, but uh, uh, Aubrio's, uh, Camry Crunch, uh, Briggs, anyway. Briggs, crisp, crisp. Anyways, it was awesome. Sometimes my brain just cannot process through what's coming through. It's like, why is it not working? But sometimes it does. But we honored them. And so we sent them and we, we, we prayed over them and we've been believing for God to do great things in and through them and we're sending them and, and they're here this morning because why? Because they're like, dude, what? I mean, you sent us last week, but can we be here again? I'm like, Uh, Yeah, come on now. Because why? We want to celebrate what God's doing. And God is doing something around us and through us that is incredible. So I'm just saying, Bethany, watch out. Because what God is doing is greater than anything you and I could ever imagine. Because it's tis the season to celebrate. I love what the psalmist says in Psalms 118. He says this, this is the day of the Lord's victory. So let us be happy and let us celebrate. Come on, you got victory in Christ. I know some of you may feel like the circumstances of life and things coming at you and it feels like it's not so much in victory. Can I just remind you, this is the day of the Lord's victory, so let us be happy and let us celebrate. We should be the ones defining what it means to party. 
We should. You shouldn't have to go out and get drunk and hammered or whatever you or whatever you do to think you're having a party. Just let's just be let's just be the most fun and celebratory people around. The people are like, dude, I just want to hang out with them because those people are like, they're just fun to be with. Like, they're just awesome because we have this spirit inside of us that says, let's celebrate. Let's, let's rejoice in what God's doing. Let's not be dictated by our feelings and how everything's going around us. No, no, no. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so we know and have confidence in who Christ is. Tis the season to celebrate. Christmas is a party and specifically... It's Jesus' birthday party. Listen, it's not about Frosty the Snowman. It's not about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It's not about Ralphie, though he was pretty cool. It's not about the Grinch. It's not about Buddy the Elf. It's not about Santa. I know, I know, it's not about Santa. It's not about Scrooge. It's not even about Cousin Eddie. Come on, it's not even about him. Listen, what Christmas is all about is Christmas... It's about the birthday of the king. It's about his birthday. Christmas is a celebration. And celebration is not dependent on your circumstances, on your resources, on your talents. In fact, really, it has nothing to do with you at all, but yet has everything to do with you. Because you're the reason he left heaven and came to earth. It's so you could have a greater and deeper understanding of who he is and know him personally. That's what the Christmas story is all about. In fact, the Christmas story unfolds in Luke chapter 2. And what we see here is something that's very familiar to us. The normal everyday life has been turned up. There's a lot of busyness happening around um, the area. Everyone is returning back to their hometown. There's a census that's been called. The inns are full. The shops are full. Everything's happening around them. The city is alive. And for some, this is a good thing. For others, it's like the pure craziness of all of it. And then you have this group of shepherds who find themselves out in a field. They're disconnected from all the craziness that's there. They're probably nomads, so they don't have a hometown. They're just, they're just doing what they do each and every day, taking care of the sheep. And yet their life is interrupted in one moment with a celebration. In Luke chapter 2, verse 8, we read this. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field. They were keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Now just pause here for a minute. They're doing their normal, everyday thing. They're out in the field. They're taking care of the sheep, just like normal. And all of a sudden, there is an instant party that happens. There's an instant interruption. There's an instant celebration that is being declared to them in their lives. And what's interesting is that they don't respond with like, come on now, let's party. They actually respond with fear. In fact, the scriptures say they were all filled with fear. Here's what I know about life is that many times when life interrupts the normal parts of how we think things are supposed to be going, a lot of times our first response is not a response of celebration. Our first response is a, is a moment of fear. When change happens, when the normal things of life are interrupted, our first response is not, woo, yes, I'm celebrating this moment. Normally our response is actually fear. Now, you could say maybe they were filled with great fear because maybe these angels look like big old battle, you know, warriors. We don't know exactly, but, but here's what we know. They were, their everyday life was interrupted and their response was fear. And I would say this, many times in our lives when there's change that happens, our first response is fear. And what I believe the Lord would want to say to you and I is the same thing that was said to the shepherds. It said the angel said to them, fear not. And then here's the good news. Fear not, for I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Listen, that's you, me, each and every one of us. There is good news that's been delivered to us. The news is, is that it's for everyone. And it's good. And it'll bring great joy in your life. And then the angel goes on to say, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. 
you will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest on earth and peace among whom, with whom he is well pleased. Instantly what happens is a party. Instantly the heavens begin declaring the majesty of who God is. In the midst of the change, there's a party, a celebration. It says this, when the angels went away, though, into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has actually made known to us. We've encountered a life-changing message, and so our life will not be the same from this point on. And so they leave the sheep. And they go. They allow their life to be interrupted by a celebration. And so today I want to focus in on verse 10 of this passage. And it says this, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Come on, tis the season. Tis the season. Tis the season. And and let me challenge you with this. Tis the season to celebrate. Tis the season to celebrate what God has done. This wasn't just something that happened back then. This is something that's for you and for me today. So tis the season to celebrate. Hey, here's the first thing is it's for you. The first thing is, is it's for you. Christmas is for you. I bring you is what this passage says. And then it goes on to say it's good news. I bring you good news. Here's the second thing is, is that it's good. (laughs) That it's good. That God is good, Christmas is good, what Christmas represents is good. Here's the next thing is, is it's emotional though, of great joy. And now here's what I know about emotions, is emotions, we have highs and we have lows. It's great joy. It's emotional, and, and the last one is this, is that it's for everyone. It's for all people. So let's focus in on this first one right here, and that is this, is, is it's for you. I bring you is what it says. I bring you. See, the whole entire reason for Christmas is is that you and I would experience the love of God. Think about that. God is crazy, madly in love with you. That's what Christmas is all about, is that you and I would recognize that and realize that. So look at your neighbor right now and say, God loves you. See, God not only loves you, though, God is actually for you as well. So look at your neighbor and say, God's for you. So God loves you, God's for you, and here's the other thing is God is with you. So look at your neighbor and say, God's with you. And you know what that is? That's good news. It's for you. Christmas is for you. It's not just, it's not for other people and just, oh, it's only for them. It's only for people who do the right things and say, no, Christmas is for you. It's for each and every one of us. The gospel, the good news is, is that people's lives are being changed. Because why? Because Christmas is all about them encountering Jesus. Because one encounter with Jesus can change everything. One encounter with Jesus changes everything in someone's life. So God is crazy, madly in love with us. That's why John 3.16 is such a huge verse to us. Because it says, for God so loved the world. Not just a few, the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. That is what Christmas is all about. It's for you and I to understand that God left it all and came to earth so you and I could understand and have a relationship with him so that we could experience what it means that the gospel, the good news is for us. God loves us so much that he would do that. Theologians would call it the incarnation. This would be God becoming one of us as a human being so that, he could, so that we could understand him and, and recognize that he is been one of us. You see, Christmas is all about something personal. God always intended for you and I to have a personal relationship with him. That's why it says, I bring you. God has given us as human beings the capacity to know him in ways that others cannot. You look at all of creation around us and you look at different animals. We have a little, a little dog, his name is Titus, and Titus is the greatest dog in the entire world. I just, I just, 
It's very hard for me. I know other people, you love your animals and stuff. I'm just telling you, my dog Titus, God blessed us with this crazy dog. And we know that when he dies one day, life will never be the same because that dog. And I used to always say, people are crazy who love their dogs like that. But I, I just can't imagine. He doesn't, he doesn't pee in the house. He doesn't poop in the house. Um, he throws up, which isn't good. But he's the most loving and caring. I mean, like, he just, like, he's got, like, super bladder on him. And uh, so, like, he can go long periods of time, poor guy. Um, on Sundays, like, we let him out in the morning. And then, like, sometimes we get home around, like, 6 o'clock. And uh, poor guy, he's been sitting in there all day. But I'm telling you, like, he, I'm saying all this to say he's an amazing, amazing, amazing dog. But here, here's the thing. Get in, Brian. Roll it all in. Okay, sorry. Titus is not like you and I. He doesn't have a soul. It's not all dogs go to heaven. Right? You and I are created in the image of God. My dog, as awesome as he is, was not. You can look around creation and you can see that God loves variety. Look at all the things that he's, that he's created from, from, from the cornfields of Adrian to the seashores along Florida, the coastline, to the mountains in Colorado. Like you can look at all these different places and see all these different things and God loves variety. But you and I, each and every one of us, were actually created in the image of God. We have his DNA in us. God is a creator. And when he created you and I, he said, it is good. He looked to you and I and saw that inside of each and every one of us, he was going to place inside of us a fulfillment that could only come by us realizing that he is crazy, madly in love with us. Listen, and here's the thing that people don't understand, is that until you experience a personal relationship with God, you will always be empty. Because there is nothing that can fill that hole in your heart, quote unquote, it's not a literal hole, but, but that spot in your life, nothing can fill it except for God because you were created by him and the only thing that the creator put in there that could fill that is him. And so people will go through life trying to fill it with stuff, with, with um, addictions, they'll try, they'll try doing it with relationships, all these different things that you try to fill the spot, but there's only one thing that can fill it, and that is a relationship with God. See, God is love. And if you and I have been created in the image of who God is, then, then that means that inside of us is this innate uh, need for love. But see, here's the thing. It doesn't say God does love. It doesn't say that, that God has love. It says that God is love. 1 John 4, 8. See, love is God's character. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all. That he has made because why? It's his creation. You were created as an object of God's love. We matter to God more than anything else that he has made. James 1.18 says this. It says, God decided to give us life through the word of truth so we might be the most important things of all things made. Now think about that for a minute. He spoke us into existence. The word of truth went out. You and I are loved by God. Paul says it this way in Ephesians. He says, Christ's love is greater than anyone can ever know. But I pray that you will be able to know that love, that you'll be able to experience that love, is what Paul saying. that you and I will be able to understand the greatest gift ever given is God's love. It's for you. I bring you. See, Christmas is a time to celebrate that God is with you. Tis the season to celebrate. Here's the next thing is, tis the season to celebrate not only that it's for you, but also that it's good. It's good. It's good news. God's presence in your life has nothing to do, though, with your feelings. Hmm. See, your emotions are susceptible to the circumstances of life. So your emotions can lie to you. Sometimes your feelings can lie to you. Sometimes the, the influences of things around you can actually cause you to think differently. Sometimes the worst advice that you and I could ever get is when someone says this, just, just follow how you feel, follow your heart. 
Well, can I just say sometimes the way I feel is not all that good. Sometimes I don't want to get out of bed in the morning. That's how I feel. And I've struggled with different things in this past season, and it's like, man, I know there's attacks, and I know there's all this stuff, but you know what I've been coming to realize here recently has been this, is that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Listen, there is, there is nothing around me that is greater than who Christ is inside of me. Circumstances, any of that stuff, no, God is greater in me. Last week, someone came up to me and they said, Pastor Brian, we just feel like right now in this season, and they, they've been come, they just came through a season in their own life where they were faced with some really hard things uh, physically in their body. She had cancer, so she's going through all those things, and, and someone had given her the sword and said, God has called you to be a warrior at this time. This isn't time to back down. It's time to continue to fight. And her and her husband came up to me after the gathering and said, Pastor Brian, we feel like God right now is reminding you of something, and that is this, is that you are called to be a warrior for the king, and that this isn't a time to back down, but it's a time to march forward, it's a time to fight, it's a time to keep pressing on. And they literally in this moment were like, this sword is for you. And it was like this knighting moment, like boom. And so literally that sword is hanging in my office wall. And literally there are times where, where my feelings begin to oppress on me. And maybe depression and whatever it is. Maybe I don't have enough sunlight because I live in Michigan. But whatever it may be, I'm sitting in there and I look back at that sword on the wall and I have to remind myself, no, 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 no. I'm a warrior. Come on, like I am greater as he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me than the circumstances of life. That is the good news. The good news is you and I win. The good news is you and I win. Yeah, Pastor Brian, we believe it. Come on now, the good news is you and I win. psalmist says it this way. He says, I can never escape your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. Think about that for a minute. I can never escape your spirit. I can, I can never get away from your presence. Sometimes you and I have to be reminded that, listen, you can't, you can't outrun God. You can't escape God. He is there each and every time and each and every thing that you're facing. God is with you. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When the psalmist wrote these, think about his own life. Think about the things that he's encountering. But it, literally he's just like, I can't, I can't escape your presence. I, I, can't, I can't escape your spirit that's at work inside of my life. One of Jesus' names is this, is it's Emmanuel. It means God with us. It's no wonder that you and I find ourselves in a moment. God is with you. And every season you're facing, listen, depression has got to go. I understand that there is a real thing called mental illness. And I understand that there are doctors who are out there who help people. And I'm not saying anything against that. In fact, there are different things around you. If there's a doctor who can help you with things, that's great. But can I remind you not to forget about Dr. Jesus and about the fact that Dr. Jesus can look at a moment and can say, you know what? Yeah, it's going to take some time. It's going to take all these different things. But in one moment, in one encounter with me, I can change everything. Don't put Jesus out of the equation. Keep him in it. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. See, what happens is, is God's presence in our lives will trump fear every time. Every time that we allow God's presence to rule and reign in our minds, what happens is, is we say to fear, get out. I'm not going to be ruled by fear. I'm not going to be ruled by fear of man or fear of circumstances or things that are around me. No, 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 no. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'll never abandon you. What God is reminding you and I about is, listen, no matter what you face, no matter what you're going through, like, I ain't going anywhere. So tell fear where to go. Fear, get out. That's the good news. But I know, sometimes, sometimes we feel like we're going through it. It's written in the scriptures, when you pass through the waters... I will be with you. <laughs> Through the rivers, they should not overwhelm me. Now think about that for a minute. Sometimes we feel like the waters of life are drowning us. We feel like I can barely keep my nose above the water. 
But what God's reminding you about is, listen, I'll be with you in that. Sometimes it feels like everything's pressing against us. Think about a river. A river normally has a flow to it. And so sometimes it feels like life is just pressing against us and we're trying to make it back upstream. But what God is reminding us is he's saying, listen, you shall not be overwhelmed by the river. And then when you walk through the fire, which we don't like that. No, one, no one's like, oh, God, please put me through the fire. But what he's reminding us about is when you go through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. Listen, there are going to be circumstances in life where it's not going to be everything's going great. There are going to be some times where you're going to have to go through a season that brings with a little bit of pain. Sometimes you're going to have to go through a season where you're going to have to remind yourself that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Sometimes you're going to have to give yourself that pep talk in the morning that you've got to have. Sometimes you need to get up in the morning, you need to go over to the mirror, you need to say, you know what, no, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Listen, I know there's circumstances of life that are coming at me, but I'm going to walk in obedience to what God's word says so that I can put myself in alignment for God's blessings. Now, here's the key. You got, listen, this is not in my notes, but someone needs to hear this today. Some of us have been praying for God's blessings on our lives, but we're walking in disobedience. And so what's happening is you're going, God, I need your blessings in my life, but you're continuing to walk in disobedience in certain areas. And you know what they are. And you're walking in disobedience. You're going, but God, I need your blessings. And God's saying, listen, you're not aligned correctly with me. If you'll walk in obedience, then what will happen is, is you'll place yourself in a place of alignment with me, and my blessings can flow right in. But some of us, what's happening is, is we're walking in disobedience in certain areas of our lives. And then we go, man, God, why are you not answering my prayers? Why, why are you not hearing me? And God's like, it's, you just align with what I'm, it's, it's simple. Doesn't mean perfection. I'm not talking about that. No one's perfect but God. We're not talking about you going throughout the week and never sinning and never doing anything wrong. No, I'm not talking about that. We're not talking about you earning God's love. No, I'm talking about you putting yourself in alignment with the promises of who God is. Walk in obedience. Because when you pass through the waters, he says, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. See, the Bible is filled with good news. Even in the midst of depression, even in the midst of sadness, you can know that God's promises are true. But so many times we, we, we act like God's like mad at us or something. God's not mad at you. He is not some angry God up there who's looking down at you and looking just to smite you in every moment. He loves you. He's a good father. He looks down at you with delight in his heart. He wants his blessings. It's, it's just like me. My daughter was flying home. And we had frequent flyer miles and everything. And so, so I was able to fly Jordan home. And I said, you know what? When Jordan comes home for Christmas, I told Kasha, I said, I want to give her an experience that she can remember the rest of her life. Because she only flies home for Christmas the first time, one time. And so I said, I'm going to fly her first class. <laughs> now, she's a college student. She ain't got a lot of money. She ain't got no job. But you know what? As a father, I wanted to bestow that upon her. And she's like, Dad, it's so different flying Delta first class than it is flying Spirit. I would fly that any day. And she said, she said, Dad, am I flying first class home? I said, no, you're not flying first class home. <laughs> but you know why I did that? Because I love her. Is it because she deserves it? Is it because she's earned it? No, it's just because I love her. If I would do that for my own daughter, how much more would our heavenly father do those type of things for us? He's a good father. So tis the season. Tis the season to celebrate. Tis the season to celebrate that it's for you, that it's good, and then here's the next one, that it's emotional. It says this, of great joy. I think naturally the Christmas season is filled with emotion. And you know, yes, our emotions can be tricky sometimes. Sometimes we're sitting there, we're watching a movie, and it's like we're crying, and then we're joyful. It's like the Hallmark Channel is like messing with our emotions. It's like one time you're angry, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's so exciting. Look what they brought all together. It's that same way with Braylee and Aubrey. It's like at one point in time I'm like, I'm excited they're leaving, and then at other times I'm like, I'm sad. Now, it's not that I'm excited they're leaving in, in terms of, i, I got to clarify that. It's not like, 
Like, woo, hurry up, get out of here. It's not that. It's just I'm excited because I know if God's drawing them that God's bringing someone here. And so there's excitement and sadness all at the same time, and my emotions are, like, all over the place. And so last night I'm excited, and we're hanging out eating tacos like normal, and it's, like, awesome. And then I'm thinking this is the last time we're going to eat tacos together. But what happens is, is we become overwhelmed with fear. We become overwhelmed by our emotions. And that's exactly what happened to, to the shepherds in this moment. When life changed, when the season changed, their first response was fear. Now, some of you may be saying, Pastor Brian, I don't deal with fear. But, but okay, well, let me, let, me, let me give you some different ideas of what fear looks like. Fear could look like this. It could look like stress. Fear could come out as anger. Fear can come out as angst or anxiety. Fear, fear could come out as like fright or sadness. In fact, in the Bible, over 365 times, you and I are reminded to not fear, to actually put our emotion of fear in check and say, no, 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 no. I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to worry about all the things that are happening around me. I'm not going to allow that to consume me and consume my mind and where I'm thinking. No, 365 times, that's enough for each day of the year, you and I are reminded to fear not. Don't fear. Don't be afraid. But what happens many times is we allow the emotion of fear to come in because a lot of times we're dealing with sometimes, well, I, I would say this, two different ways and reasons why sometimes we deal with fears. One is, is a guilty conscience. We're, like, we allow guilt to kind of rule in our minds. It's okay, girls. You don't have to leave. It's don't be guilty. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. But I will call you out if you get up. <laughs> the timer is not over yet back there. I still got time. I got three minutes. Wrap it up. Oh, man. Sorry. That's, see, that was a perfect example of an... Attention deficit moment. Okay. Oh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> a guilty conscience. Sometimes it is. It's, it's because guilt rules in our minds, and we're just like, we feel guilty over things that are going on. And listen, here's the thing. Don't let guilt fool you. Just allow God to forgive you. Don't let guilt fool you. Let God to forgive you. Listen, so many times we think, well, I, I didn't do the right thing. I didn't do this. And God's like, listen, my grace is sufficient. My mercy is there for you. Listen, I'm still crazy madly in love with you. Just ask him to forgive you. Ask him in that moment to redeem that. And see, even the timers are going off in here. It's like people are saying, listen, it's time, Pastor Brian, wrap it up. People leaving, timers going off. All right, here we go. Tis the season to celebrate. It's for you. It's good. It's emotional. In closing, it's for everyone. I don't know if you're excited about it's for everyone or if you're excited because I said last point. <laughs> Listen, Jesus didn't just come for some. He came for all. I mean, Luke 19, verse 10 says this, for for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's each and every one of us, all of us. He came for all of us so that we could encounter him. John, or 1 John 2, 2 says he's the propitiation of our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Listen, Jesus came for all. He came for everyone, and you and I should celebrate that. The message of Christmas is for everyone, every neighbor, every person in your workplace, every family member. The message of Christmas is for all. Jesus came to save all. He came for each and every one of us. And when you think about that for a minute, one of the things that's really interesting about that is that if he came for all, then that means that he even came for our enemies. He even came for those who hurt us and wronged us. See, sometimes the pain of Christmas is, is this, is sometimes Christmas comes with it, memories of hurts and things that have gone wrong. And a lot of times we don't want people around us who have hurt us to be blessed, and yet God came even for them. 
But here's what I know is that one encounter with Jesus can change everything. And what I've seen is people who were wicked and evil and messed up people have an encounter with Jesus that changed them and they were no longer the same again. So listen, that person who hurt you and wronged you, one encounter with Jesus can change their life. And they can literally be different because an encounter with Jesus changes everything. Tis the season. Tis the season. Tis the season for you. Tis the season it's good. Tis the season it's emotional. Tis the season it's for everyone. Christmas is for you. And it's good. (laughs) It's so good. It is emotional. It has pieces in there. I mean, Pastor Scott hit that moment right there, right at emotional. You were like, boom. It was like we're setting the stage. You know why? You know, you know why we gather together every week like this and come together? It's so that we can celebrate what God's done. Christmas isn't just something we do once a year or throughout an entire month. No, no, we celebrate all year long what Christ has done in our lives. And it is emotional. It's emotional to think about God loving me in spite of my wrongs, in spite of the times I mess up. Come on, anyone in the house? Like, do you ever just sit there and just think about, man, I can't believe he loves me. Listen, there is nothing. Someone needs to hear this right now. There is nothing that you have done that can separate you from his love. There are some people today that need to hear that simple truth that God is crazy madly in love with you. See, the world around you has tried to define you. You're this, you're that. You're this bad choice you made here. You're this moment that happened here. And what God is saying to you today I really feel impressed in my heart. Someone, there are some people who need to hear this. Listen, you are not that. He actually called you, created you, and has been molding and shaping you. And he loves you. Across this room, if you could bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. Last week, we celebrated with nine people who publicly confessed what God was inwardly doing inside of them. They said, Jesus has changed my life. And there were testimonies that were emotional. There were testimonies that that declared the faithfulness of who God was. And today, God is reaching out to you today. And I so strongly feel in my spirit, there are so many of you this morning, you need to recognize and realize that God loves you right where you are and today is your day. Today is a day of forgiveness. Today is a day of freedom. Today is a day where there is a new identity that is, he is longing to give to you. The Christmas season is a celebration. And God today wants you to know he has a new identity for you. It's a free gift. The word tells us for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Listen, Jesus is crazy, madly in love with you. He died upon a cross. He came to this earth. He was born to a virgin named Mary. He became one of us so that you could experience the fullness of who he is, so you could experience the unconditional love that he has for you. You don't have to earn it. He freely gives it. Today, he's reaching out to you and he's saying, listen, I love you. So today, if you're here in this room and you'd say, you know, Pastor Brian, I feel like right now, like you're talking to me. I find myself far from God. The world has tried to identify me as something different. And today, I want to be identified by God. I want to be his son. I want to be his daughter. I know I need forgiveness. I know I've done some things wrong. I can't fix it on my own. I've tried. 
today God is reaching out to you with that same gift that he's given to me and everyone else in this room. The question is, is will you receive it? Will you take on that new identity? With heads bowed and eyes closed, if today you find yourself far from God, and whether it's for the first time, or maybe for you it's a time of recommitting your life to Christ. Maybe you found yourself, you've fallen away. You've chosen to follow the things of this world. And today you're, the Holy Spirit is speaking in your heart and saying, listen, come back to me. And God is reaching out to you right now. And he's saying, listen, I am here. I love you. And I care for you. And you can have hope in me. You've never asked Jesus into your life or you're recommitting your life to him today. And you'd say, you know what, I want to take that step today, Pastor Brian. If that's you, would you just real quickly just raise your hand? You just said, Pastor Brian, that's me. I just, I see that hand. I see that hand. Come on, you just say, Pastor Brian, that's me. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Father God, I pray for the hands that have gone up this morning, God people who are saying, I, I got to take this step today. Father, I thank you that you love them so much. We want to take that step with you today. And so if you raise your hand this morning, I want you just to repeat this prayer after me and others in this room will join together with you because here's the thing about the church is that we're a community. We walk together. So we're going to Say this along with you. Would you say, Jesus, right now, I need you. I can't do this on my own. Today, I'm asking you to forgive me. From this day forward, I will not be the same. Come and live inside of me. Be Lord of my life. Change the way I think change the way I act. Help me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big clap of praise.